to 1 Chronicles chapter 29. This evening on the way to church, I jogged here, and so on my jog, I was thinking about, um, there's probably not going to be a lot of people come, and I thought, those that do come, a lot of them probably aren't the ones who are here when I go through my series on the book of Romans. And I thought the kids being in here and things, so on my way here, in my head, as my head's bouncing up and down, I came up with some ideas for a different message. So this is jumbled thoughts together tonight, but I believe it will be a help to us and something that will be good. And kids in the room, this will help you as well tonight. So I want you to pay attention. We're going to look at a few things tonight. I want you to remember over the next... Uh, we're coming up on July 1st, and those of you who were starting our new, you know, Caroline said resetting some things. It's not the great reset or anything like that here at church, but we are resetting some things on our ministries just to help us as we go forward. If you are not part of that meeting and you need to be, you need to see me and get things figured out before the 1st of July, so that way when we start rolling the ball with things, you are ready for it. If you've got any questions, concerns, complaints, thoughts, you, there's a, I have a black box on the side of the church that you put all your complaints in, and that will, I will collect those later on. It's a big trash can. I'm just kidding. I thought some of you would get that. But um, anyways, that's, yes, so we're doing that. And then also on Wednesday night, we've been going through a series on questions. On Wednesday night, I think I created, for some people, more questions than answers this last Wednesday. But I think we got that all figured out with the video. It helped with that. And so this Wednesday night, we're going to look at the question, does God not give me more than I can handle? So many Christians say that phrase, and it's such an unbiblical phrase. I kind of give it away right there. So Wednesday night, I'll answer the truth about that. And we'll look at the verses surrounding it and see what the Lord is actually talking about there in 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. And so we're here tonight in 1 Chronicles chapter number 29. And I want to take a little bit of time tonight and just honor my Heavenly Father for a little bit tonight. I mentioned I was thinking as I was coming this evening to church, and this afternoon we got to go down. I got to see my dad for a few hours today. I got to spend a little bit of time with him, and I'm thankful for the dad that God put in my life for me. And we were down there. We told some stories and laughed a little bit. And, you know, and one of my dad's famous stories is when I was a teenager. When I was a teenager, he told me, Brian, you need to clean up your room. Your clothes need to be put away. You say, were your clothes where they should be? Probably not, okay? And every teenager in the room, you know it's true for you as well. But I did a lot of the housework at that time, my mom with her health and things. So I told my dad, I'll, I'll get it done. And it didn't get done right away. And I came home from school one day, and all my clothes were outside the house, out on the back porch. All my clothes were there. And I knew it wasn't my mom. Because my mom had a different style. If the drawers weren't organized and nice, she just dumped them in the room. She was nice enough to leave them right there in the room, and I had to clean them up there. And I could get into stuff about all that, but it's not Mother's Day, so I won't talk about my mom tonight. But my dad put all my, I knew it was my dad, and he came home from work, and you just saw this grin on his face. And he knew, he, yeah, he got me. And I said, why did you throw my stuff outside? He's like, First thing is this, this is my house, and you don't pay me rent. So if I tell you to do something in my house, you're going to do, it wha do what I want done. If you want to live here, you do it that way. So it's my bedroom, it's my, drawer, my 
furniture, you're going to do it right. I learned very quickly, I'll do it that way. My dad's taught me a lot of great lessons through the years. My dad's taught me how to be the dad I am to my kids today. My dad taught me, and my dad's not a perfect man by far, but a great role model, not to say anything less. He taught me how I should love my wife the way he's loved my mom for 59 years now in sickness and in health. He's taught me how to be a hard worker, taught me how to be diligent, and I could go on a list of so many things talking about the dad that God gave me. And I realize that not everyone is privileged like me to have the dad that I have. But we all have a heavenly father. And I remember in school, I got in one fight in first grade. And I was just thinking about this today as I was coming to church here tonight. And probably in first grade, you know, you look at, you look at David and Matthew. And you see Matthew still, he's, he's a skin and bones over there. But you look at David, Mr. Just Finished First Grade, he's a little thicker right there. That was me right at that same age. And that's when I got in the only fight I ever got in in all my years was in first grade. Do you know what me and my best friend got in a fight about? Literally, are you ready for it? He told me, I don't know, he told me that his dad was the strongest dad in all the world. And I said, you're wrong. My dad is the strongest dad in all the world. And we literally rolled around in the dirt and fought with each other over whose dad was the strongest. That's the only fight I've been in in my life. Pretty crazy, huh? Some of you are like, I wish that was the only fight I've ever been in. And Bridget, don't be giving me a look like that. You try to fight me every day at school, but I, I, I'm too much of a Christian to let you win on that one. So... So I just back down. I just let you win. The easiest way to deal with, easiest way to deal with Bridget. Well, I can run faster than her now. That's true too. But just run away or just just calm her down a little bit, and it'll all be okay. Fire a pastrami sandwich from the hat, and she'll be okay. There'll be nothing there. But today we talked with my dad. Caroline called her dad, and talked about just things about him. And it's a good thing to honor, give honor to whom honors do. And so I thought of this passage of Scripture tonight. I spent a few minutes here talking about this passage of Scripture. Give you a few thoughts and we'll be on our way. We look at 1 Chronicles chapter 29. We look at verse number 10. David is giving praise to God. And he says, Wherefore God blessed the Lord before all the congregation. And David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory, and the victory, and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee. And thou reignest over all, and in thine hand is power and might. And in thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now, therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. Father, we love you, and I pray you'd bless the next few minutes we have tonight. I thank you for this passage of Scripture, and I pray that you'd help us tonight as I just spend a few minutes 
giving you some honor tonight. I don't have a long sermon planned. I've got some verses, and I just want to spend a little bit of time in your house bragging on you before your people tonight. That's it. You're a good father. You're perfect in all your ways. You've been so good to me and my family and our church. And I pray tonight that you would receive the honor and glory by what's said over the next few minutes tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I loved getting to be with some of my siblings today. Four of the five of us were together. And I loved just talking about my dad with him sitting right there and him hearing those stories and the grin on his face as we would talk about things. Or as he would remember in his own way the way he remembered things being on certain things. And I think it's a great thing to be able to honor him and all of us be there together. Same thing on Mother's Day with my mom, we were able to do that. I enjoy getting from my kids their Father's Day cards today. Alyssa, they, a couple years ago or last year, they got me a shirt that said, you know, instead of Father's Day, it says farter, the best farter, instead of father. And so I don't even know if I should be saying that behind the pulpit, huh? And uh, if my mom heard me say that, she, she would wash my mouth out with soap today. You didn't even use that word in my house growing up. And uh, she put that in my card today. But I love reading and hearing my children. And there's, you, you enjoy that. You enjoy hearing things. Our Heavenly Father enjoys it too. And David, a man after God's own heart, a man who was blessed by God, a man who went through a lot of trials in his own life, before the whole congregation took some time just to talk about God. One of the things I find very interesting is, one of the things as you study the scriptures, you'll notice that one of the first things David says here, blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father. You do not see very much in the Old Testament, you do not look to God as the Father. You look to him as the creator, as the covenant-keeping God. And the list could go on at so many things when we think about God and what he's done. We think about his might and we could go through, but when you think of Father, that's not an idea that's loudly proclaimed in the Old Testament. Is it there? Yes, it is. David talks about it right here. But as we get to the New Testament and we see what Jesus did, and when Jesus came, he began to speak often of his Father. And he spoke of his father, he spoke of, he spoke of God the Father personally. Jesus spoke about him intimately and collectively. And he said, remember he said, our father which art in heaven. This concept really began to be developed. The Bible says in Luke 2, 49, Jesus said this as a young boy. He's probably 12 years old this time. He said to them, how is it that he sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? We know that Philip in John 14, 8 told Jesus, he said, Lord, show us the father, and it sufficeth us. And we have the honor today, because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for you and for me, 
We have the honor of being able to speak about him. We can speak to him and for him this evening. And we can have that relationship. We think about the fact that Jesus, before he went to the cross, as he was in the garden that night, he cried, Abba, Father. We think about how the Bible tells us in Romans 8, 15, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption. And because of the adoption, because of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross, we can cry out to God the same way that Jesus Christ could. Jesus Christ, God's own Son, and because of what He had done for us, we have the spirit of adoption so we can cry, Abba, Father. What a privilege that is. David couldn't contain himself as he talked about how great God was. This evening I want to take a few minutes and just talk about and honor our Heavenly Father. Number one tonight, I want to talk about my Father and the fact that He's Almighty tonight. The words, the points aren't up on the screen. I didn't have time to do this. I got verses that will be up as we go through tonight. But my God is Almighty tonight. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 6, verse number 18, And I will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. What kind of almighty father do we have? The one who created everything. You ever look up at night and look at the stars? And I know around here some nights with the smog and all the air and things, you don't see the stars super clear. But I think about what the Bible says in Genesis 1 and verse 16, and he made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night. And look at this, five words. He made the stars also. As if it's no big deal that he put billions of stars in the sky that are so far away, that are huge, that give off this light. That's how almighty our Heavenly Father is tonight. He demonstrated his power in David's life when he killed Goliath for him. He demonstrated his power when the old prophet prayed a short 63-word prayer and fire came down from heaven and took out those prophets of Baal. He has the, he's the source of all power. He spoke the very world we live in tonight into existence. He said, let there be light and look at what we have today. He formed everything. He made the animals. He made the ocean. He made the mountains. And we live in a world today that is wrecked by sin. And look at how beautiful the world is today, wrecked by sin. Imagine what it was like before sin entered into the picture. We have an almighty God tonight. He took care of his children, the children of Israel. He made the lame to walk. He, he gave sight to the blind. And he raised those from the dead. He fed thousands with five loaves and two fishes. You see tonight, my God, my fathers, he's, he's almighty tonight. His strength is poured out when we're diminished. And much like the widow who didn't have much, he supplied her needs and kept giving her what she needed. What does that mean for you and I tonight as I think about the fact that my father's almighty it lets me know that there's nothing, and let me repeat myself tonight, nothing that your Heavenly Father can't handle in your life tonight. 
no matter what situation you have, no matter where you're at, your Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father, can help you tonight. He's almighty tonight, and praise God for that. No sickness is too much for Him. No financial burdens are too much for the Almighty. No marital problems are too much. No sin is too much. There is nothing in the history of mankind that my Heavenly Father cannot take care of because my Heavenly Father tonight, He's Almighty. I'm so thankful He's Almighty. So thankful tonight that my Father's long-suffering. Numbers 14, verse 18. The Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression. And by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation. My father's long-suffering. Psalm 86, verse number 15. But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious and long-suffering and plenteous in mercy and truth. He was long-suffering when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. He was long-suffering when Abraham and Sarah laughed when they heard they were going to have a child of promise. He was long-suffering when Israel chose other gods and rejected him. He is long-suffering as his own denied his only begotten son, son and cursed him. What does that mean for you and me? It means that he's patient with you and that his love can never end. Even when you get embarrassed to speak about him, he gets it. He's patient. Even when you fail miserably with your temper, he's long suffering. Even when you revert to your old fleshly ways, my father's long-suffering. When I say I will never do that again to God, and I do it again, my heavenly father's long-suffering. God is so good. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 65, 2, I have spread out my hands all day unto a rebellious people, which walketh not in the way that was not good, that walketh in a way that is not good, after their own thoughts. He's long-suffering this evening. He is faithful in the midst of our unfaithfulness. In the midst of Brian being Brian, my Heavenly Father is long-suffering and faithful. I love 1 Thessalonians 5.24, my life verse, faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. The Bible tells us in 2 Thessalonians 3.3, but the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and keep you from evil. taking a few minutes tonight just thinking about our Heavenly Father. He's mighty. He's long-suffering tonight. Number three, my Father, He's righteous and He's just. 
My father, he's righteous and he's just. He's always right. Think about what Abraham proclaimed in Genesis 18.25. He said, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? I can tell you tonight, my heavenly father, he always does right. Man, I wish for my kids that I could always look and say, when I discipline them, when I help them with things, that I always do things right, but I don't. And I fail at that. But my Heavenly Father, He always does things right. Thank God for that. Thank God for who He is. Thank God that in the midst of His righteousness, in the midst of Him being just, that he's compassionate to me. Psalm 89, 14 says, Justice and judgment are the habitation of thy throne. Mercy and truth shall go before thy face. Psalm 85, 10, Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Think about Romans 6.23, we know this verse, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And this verse really helps us as we look at this, and we studied this last Sunday night in the book of Romans. This verse helps demonstrate both the justice of God, how he does things right, and his mercy. Say, so, well, what do you mean? Sin has a price. You and I, we are all sinners. Justice must be met because of the sin of man. You and I never will add up to what is needed to meet God's standard of righteousness. A price had to be paid for my unrighteousness. And that's why the Bible tells us in Romans 5, 6, for when we were without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Two verses down from there, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So what we see is the justice of God in the fact that sin must be paid for. Things must be done right, but in God's mercy. Jesus died for us. So judgment was paid. Righteousness was, and the right was done. And God gave us mercy. My Heavenly Father is awesome tonight. He's almighty. He's long-suffering. He's righteous and just. My Heavenly Father is loving. No one's ever loved me like my Heavenly Father. No one's ever known more about me and still love me. No one's known all my dark secrets like he does, and yet he still loves me. I think of 1 John 3, verse number 1, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. I can't even begin to fathom that. We messed everything up. And we, I mean Adam, I mean mankind, messed everything up. And yet my father loved me so much 
that he made a way possible so I could be his son. Instead of damning us to hell, he wanted me to be his son. As we go through life, there are those who would say, oh, where's God? Where's his love in the midst of what I go through? That's what Isaiah 43, verse 1 and 2 explains to us. Listen to this. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. You're going to go through the waters. You're going to go through the rivers. They're not going to overflow thee. And when thou walkest through the fire, you're going to walk through the fire. Thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. He's right there. He loves me enough to help me through. I think in one way you could say it, that God loves us so much, or he loves us too much to keep us from the storms. And because he loves us, he'll never leave us in the storm. You know what the disciples forgot that day on that boat? The creator of it all was right there on the boat with them. And sometimes when we're going through it, that's when we just forget the fact that he's right there to help us along the way. My heavenly father is so awesome. He loves me. And there's nothing that I can do to make him stop loving me. Paul said, I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, when we're born into this world, we don't choose our fathers. They're who they are. I couldn't help the fact that William Pattison is my dad. And I've got a son named William, too. William, this William here, couldn't help the fact that his dad is Brian. That's the way it was designed. But, after we're born into this world, we do get a choice. We can have our father, the devil, that we are born after in wickedness. Or we can place our faith in Jesus Christ and have a new father. He's changed my life. He's changed your life. And I would encourage you this week, just find someone and just as I've taken a few minutes to talk about my Heavenly Father with you, and just like today we spent some time talking about my dad with my siblings today. Find someone and just honor your Heavenly Father by sharing with them how awesome He is in your life. You know, in this room tonight, you, don't, you can't have William Pattison as your dad. That's my dad. I guess he could adopt you if he really wanted, I guess, if he wanted to, but I think he's kind of past that stage in his life. But he's my dad. But my Heavenly Father, 
he is looking for new children. And just as I would, as a kid, get into a fight because I thought my dad was the strongest, I hope that you take some time in your life and just think about your Heavenly Father. He is so good to us. And we have so much to be thankful for tonight. And I could go on for hours about my Heavenly Father tonight. But I figured those of you who came tonight, I would get you out a few minutes early tonight. He is so good to us. Before you put your head on the pillow tonight, kids in the room, adults in the room, why don't you talk to him and thank him for the father that he is? Thank him for what he's done in your life. Dad's in the room. What an example we have of the dad we need to strive to be. We can never add up to him. We should be striving to be more like him. Father, I love